Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. afraid that this particular morning has started off rough in Lyoth Hall. The only individual with our level of ignorance at this moment in time is Ellie Lyoth, who, upon rise of the problem, which began an hour ago, has been far too busy with her earphones in, filling out the last gaps in her applications. I say we start here. Okay, short answer. Great. You love short answer. I know. Let's jump in. Why do you want to enter the field of interterritorial politics? I truly believe that politics are easily corrupted and are lacking in public servants who, like myself, strive to build the community up systematically. And why do you want to go to the University of Vallis to study this? Well... Their programs are fantastic, and I have a strong family history there. Politics are present and divisive here in Vallis. My father's leadership experiences have shaped. But why do you want to go to UV? (laughs) Why wouldn't I? My mom teaches there. Two out of three of my brothers have attended or are currently in attendance. The political science department has a 85% employment rate beyond graduation. I get to stay at home. It would be ridiculous to not want to go to UV. Of course. And I want to be chief. Absolutely. No reason to not want to go, right? Right? Come in. Eller stands in her doorway, still in his pajama shorts. This is atypical behavior. The visitation, not the pajama shorts. Have you seen Agnes? I haven't left my room, so no. Did you hear what happened? Okay, well, good morning. Morning? Did you hear what happened? No. Is that mom and dad? Yeah. What happened? I don't know. That's why I asked you. Why don't you go see? 
I'm looking for Agnes. Okay, um... What are you doing? A scholarship applications. For what? UV. Oh. Why? I'm gonna study political science. Oh. Don't take any of my classes. Well, okay. That would require her knowing what those classes are, Eller. Agnes passes by like a ghost. Buckle up, fam! Today's gonna suck. Agnes? Hey! Hey, Eller, what's up? Oh, I was just thinking about... Where are you going? I have phone calls and some articles to pull for Lucy. I'm a little busy. Walk with me? Right, I'll walk. With you. Maybe sit this morning out, El. Eller waves a half-hearted goodbye and shuts the door. Ellie returns to her applications. A bit wearier. And... Done. Ellie fishes through her drawers and very carefully stacks the application into a large envelope. She seals it, addresses it, and reaches for the stamps. Where? Oh, she doesn't have any left. Or does she? Do I? No. no. Come in. This time, it is her middleest brother, Dune. This is a typical behavior, and yes, this time, it is the pajama shorts. Have you seen mom or dad? No, but I heard them talking downstairs. Hey, do you know if we have Dylan any stamps? Dylan is out there, talking to folks alone. He's not built for this. It's impossible to watch. What happened? Well, Dad said something fucked up to the Silvis Chieftain, like, months ago. But folks are mad about it now, which like, is, like, valid, I guess. I don't know what it was, but Mom's really upset, and there's a whole crowd of folks out there, and it ain't good. It's 9 a.m. Oh, look at that. She's right. What did he even say? I'm not sure it even matters. I hate this place. Dune races down the hallway. Out of sorts and a bit scared of what Dune is going to do next, Ellie slips on some shoes, grabs her envelope, and dives after him down the stairs. In the main hall, Luciana and Logan take center stage, the two of them after each other in a circle-esque dance, rather jarring and Oddly enthralling. Why didn't you think it through? I did. So you meant to say that? I didn't mean anything by it. He didn't seem to mind. It's been made into something it isn't. It was a solo conversation between me and him. I don't see why so all of Valis is- So you're ignoring the fact that this directly affects our business district. I am not, and it does not. This was taken out of context from a conference eight months ago. This is why I do your conferences. This is why I do my best to handle your out-of-territory business. I can handle it, Lucy. Yeah, you're a real dick, you know That's that? That's no way to speak to your you, father. You, for serious, you just were. You're taking things out of context. Exactly. That's what this whole thing is, is out of context. Oh, go out I'm there out and there. deal with it. Not you, hun. That's a bad idea. Dune disregards all three and launches a flying middle finger their way as he slips through the main entrance. Ellie feels a bit caught in that crossfire. Logan softens to make eye contact with his daughter, scratching the chin of his beard. Hey, girly girl. What happened? There's been something circulating recently, apparently, of something that was said a long time ago. It wasn't the most thought out thing, I admit, but it was a while ago. There are bigger issues at hand. Bigger issues like the fate of Valis's political chain? 
that's out of proportion. We are an inherited chieftain position. We are already on thin ice as it is, and our territory is majorly it upset. isn't all of Valis. Ideally, it would be none of Valis. That's just impossible as the principal member of this chiefdom. So you're a political martyr. That's not exactly what I'm... No great day. What, Dune? It's very bad out here. Very, very bad. Dylan is not good at this. Why? What's going on? He's crashing. He's doing his impression of that one comedian from Sylvan's. The good one? Um, the one where, like, you know it isn't culturally problematic, but it sure feels like it. Ah ha ha! You know what they say about Sylvan's. What's their business is their business. Awooka wooka. <sighs> GT. Can you hop up there and... Oh, how about you do it? Dune, I can't right now. I can't right now. We really ought to train that out of him. I think it's too late for that. Ellie twiddles with the large envelope, worrying away at the corners. She has to remind herself that these are important documents. No wrinkles. Dad, do you know what the stamps are? Hey, uh, sir. From the main entrance, Dylan races into the room and out of the tiffy, tucking his shirt into his belt as he speed walks, sweating. So much. Dylan! Ellie. Really quick, do you know where stamps- um, So, Logan, there are those folks with the cameras outside. How many? Like, over five. Tell them to go away. I tried, but they're very adamant about a statement. I- <clears throat> It was months ago. I don't remember the specifics. Just tell them it was a joke. It was not a joke. They didn't take it as a joke. That's- that isn't better, hun. Will you go shut them up? Yep. And no impressions. Okay. Dylan dips outside, instantly hounded. Haha. <laughs> hey, all y'all. Logan's not available right now. I know, I know. Oh, shit. It's a Wednesday. Agnes? Agnes! What do you need her for right now? I'm sending her to cover my class. Why? So I can go to Sylvis. No, I can contact them later today. Set up a meeting. I'll smooth it over. No, I'll go and fix your mess. I'm not asking you to. You never do, but I always end up doing it anyways, so fuck me for jumping the gun. Lucy. Ellie takes a moment to look out the window. Dylan is not looking well. Dune is standing beside Dylan now, but doesn't appear to be saying anything helpful. He sure is animated, though. Someone should go help them. Someone should. Do you want me to go? What? No, it's fine. Are you sure? I'm actually Lucy, really interested in- did you in call? What? I'm on hold for that guy. Uh, can you go to the university? Oh, hello? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, just let me grab a pen. Luciana turns back around, blistering her eyes first at Ellie before skimming over her to search for Logan, who has promptly exited the chat and can be seen now briskly disappearing down the hall of offices. Logan, you do not get to run away from this! I have actual work to do, Lucy. Oh, actual work! <sighs> Mom, do we have stamps? No, I haven't seen them. Agnes! Agnes manifests at the top of the stairs, accompanied by Eller. Lucy, I just got off the phone with Silvis's secretary. The circle is set up for you. Great. Can you cover my class today? Uh, yeah. That's territorial theology? 101, yes. And it's a quiz day. Keep it simple. Eller, what are you doing? Uh, helping. Great. Ellie, don't talk to anybody out there. It isn't safe. I'd actually be interested to hear what they're saying. No, sweetie, it's dangerous. Dune? Dune's outside. Great. Where's Mikhail? Uh -huh. Great! 
Who made this family so fucking avoidant? Sorry! Ugh. Luciana disappears up the stairs. Ellie is left alone in the main hall of Lyoth Hall. Hello? Ellie feels something well up in her. Something frantic and angry. About the stamps, you know? What a strange thing to be searching for. What an odd thing to need so desperately. What an annoying thing to not be able to find. What an infuriating thing to be upset about. Because it's definitely the stamps she's upset about. Definitely the stamps. Psst. L? This comes from below the stairs. Ellie rounds them and quizzically watches the broom closet that lives there. From this broom closet, Mikhail peeks out like a surfacing meerkat. Mikey? How long have you been there? Uh... He checks the clock on the wall. Half an hour. Everyone's so angry today. Hence, we hide. He drastically motions her inside. Ellie shuts the door behind them and joins her big brother on the floor, propped up against the wall. She drops her head to his shoulder. What are those? Huh? Oh, scholarships. Well, scholarship applications. I need stamps. Right, right. For UV? Yeah. Policy. Yeah. You're going there officially? Ellie finds herself nodding. She finds herself nodding gravely. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, it is, right? It's great. You'll be here for a while longer then? She catches the question mark in his voice. It's not a happy one. Ellie is inclined to take offense, but... The endless rattle of voices passing by the door enlists a kinder interpretation. Agnes, where's Lucy? On her way to Silvis. She said that you... Great, they. And you let her? I work for her, Logan. You work for this house. Did she already leave? Yes. Fuck. I mean... Ugh. Eller, go open the doors and get Dylan. Ugh, okay. Attitude? Now? Tara might have stamps. Oh, yeah. Tara. She... Why didn't anyone go to her in the first place with this? I don't think anyone thought to do that. Where is she, anyways? You remember Willow, right? Blue hair, best friend, welcome kiosk guardian. Have a great morning and welcome to Vallis. Yep, they're the one. Their morning is interesting. Not interesting in the same fashion as the Lyoth families, but interesting in a different way, to say the least. Though, one could arguably say this about most things. The sun has a few hours left before rising. Willow, alone, sits in the small, box-shaped border kiosk, doing what they normally did on the long draws in between drive-bys. This varies when inspiration strikes. Tonight, it's updating their character sheets for their Cities and Cartels character. Sometime around 2 a.m., a monochromatic truck pulls up to the border kiosk, its open back covered by a large tarp. The driver is cast in shadow, but even then, Willow can make out an old, tired face. Mustache, cleft chin, largely forgettable. They seem surprised to see Willow specifically. Howdy, friend. 
Uh, hey, where's, uh, where's, um, uh... They're about to say a name and think better of it. You're new. I've been around a while. I'm usually not working now, but I'm covering for a good, good buddy of mine today, so you are so lucky. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. You, you coming from the farmland back roads? The driver looks up at Willow with some righteous fear. This perplexes them. Your uniform? Willow refers to the linen jacket, embroidered with one of the farmland family insignias. It's a quite lovely tomato number. Oh, yeah, yes, uh... Graveyard shift, um, just like you. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it goes. Where are you headed? Oh, sneaking a nap in before I set up my organic tent for the day. Oh, 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 at the market district. Yep. <laughs> well, I hope you get a good day's rest. <laughs> His foot comes off the brakes. The truck seeps forward. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot to ask, like, the, the one question that I have to ask. Um, you got any fruit, like a criminal? <laughs> uh, no. Nope. Uh, no fruit here. None. All right. Good morning. Perhaps it was the use of the word no one too many times. Perhaps in the twitch of their stash or the sickly sweet stench coming from the back of the truck. Whatever the case, as he drives away, Willow feels the impulse, the need, to take a few steps after the car. To watch it disappear with a slight squint to their brow. The truck hits a stone. Nothing of a troubling nature, but enough of a jolt to shake the tarp. Out of the back thuds this round thing. It's brown, a bit hairy. Willow picks it up. A ball? Right. They smell it, rattle it around. It makes a funny little clunky noise, doesn't it, Willow? No way. Oh, I dare say yes way. I've got to tell someone, but I can't tell the guards. They'll get rid of them all. A certain prophetess comes to mind? Tara. That's the one. When their shift ends at 9 a.m., Willow races home. They shower and grab a snack before promptly heading out into the walking pace again. No sleep until the afternoon, then. They could break with that. This is duty calling. When they approach Lyoth Hall, they see Eller Lyoth. Stoically and brutally, he sits on the bench right next to the doorway of the hall, eyes trained ahead. Some folks approach him with a belligerent twinge in their brow. Eller points them away and shifts, towards nothing in particular, which they systematically realize far too late. Eller! Big turnout for the library today! Ha! You waiting for something? Agnes. Is, is something wrong? I don't even know. I'm just here. Are you all okay? Have we ever been? Willow does not want to stay and unpack that. Well, is Tara in? Probably. Willow weaves their way into the Hall of Offices, which has miraculously been spared of the crowd. Two lights are on. To the left, Logan's office, which is frankly surprising. And to the right, our prophetess who, I can assure you, has not been informed of the morning chain of events. Either through neglect, forgetfulness, or downright avoidance on behalf of the Lyoth family, I cannot tell you. What I can certainly say is that, on Tara's end, she's been just straight-up chillin'. Willow yanks open the door to her prophetess, not doing a whole bunch. Terrible! Oh, hey, Willow! 
Were you busy? No. No. It's been weirdly quiet. Really? I mean, it's crazy out in the hall. Really? I wonder why no one said anything. What are you doing here? It's prophetic drop-in hours, right? Yeah! It's just... <laughs> no one really knows about them. Uh, but they're clearly listed on the website. Right? It's not hard. What's up? I need your help with something and you can't tell anybody or put it on a record or write it down or anything. Like, I need your discretion. And it is not a big deal, but my life and someone else's depends on it. Uh. Well, if that's not a worrying sentence, if you've ever heard one. What? Well, you know how I'm your friendly, welcome kiosk guardian? Best friend. Naturally. And like... It's my whole job is to ask folks coming in and out of Valis via vehicle if they have fruit. Like, it's not, it's not hard. Willow reaches into their bag and withdraws the brown sphere. They plop it on the table. The two watch it for a bit. Do you know what this is? Yes. What is it? A coconut. Have you ever had one? They grow at home, so a lot. And it's a fruit, right? Yes. Technically, it qualifies as a fruit, nut, and a seed. This dropped out the back of a guy's truck this morning right after he told me he didn't have any fruit. And what are you supposed to do when someone has fruit? Inform the guardianship immediately. And did you do that? Nope. Okay. And my job here is to... They were coming from the farmland back roads, which is like, just... Dead space, basically, because it seems pointless to grow fruit right outside of an outpost of at checks for fruit. But I don't think they're growing it. I think they're smuggling it through a circle, which is interesting because fruit doesn't transport well through the circle regardless. It always rots or overripens or whatever. It doesn't travel, which is why we don't have any coconuts here or in any of the surrounding territories. Do you get anything here? Uh, Valis doesn't grow much. Uh, potatoes, some grains. So what do you want me to but do? But this! I mean, is it still good? Can you check? Grotesquely hesitant, Tara turns the shell around in search of cracks or bruises. She hefts the weight of it over one hand, then another. She gives it a good shake. It's fine. And that means... He's figured out a way to keep food fresh. Oh, which may mean that... They made a circle modification. Or found an alternate route. Which, no, Tara, if we ever have a drought year, oh, we're finished. We're living off the great day as kindness and nothing else. This could be huge. And if we refer them to the guardianship now, we will never figure out how they did it. And while I'm technically filed as a member under the guardianship, I'm a graveyard shift border patrol. So, like, I'm not really affiliated with them. So what I'm doing isn't against oath, per se, and how cool would it be if they told us what to do and we told Logan and then all of us gets coconuts and then life just gets better? Like, how cool! Willow pauses, a bit desperately. Their eccentric glee dies with Tara's grimace. Come on, please! I think this is important. I think that you bring up a lot of valid points, but I don't think Old-timey that we prophets can... always evaded the law. I mean, they weren't a third party in a political spiritual system. Back to your roots! It'll be fun! This is... A... It sounds like a messy situation. I'm not sure this is your place. But isn't it yours? Tara and Willow turn sharply in their seats, a bit taken aback, and acknowledge the two Lyoth siblings in the doorway. Ellie stands assuredly center, 
Mikhail slips in a shy gaze from the side. Hey, Tara. Hey. Ellie and Kyle! Hello! Hey. Do you have any stamps? What kind? Uh, shoot. Uh, I don't fancy. Business casual? Tara opens a drawer and fishes around, diving beneath papers and clips. It's a half-hearted gesture. There's no way Logan stocked her up with stamps. What a specific thing to request. What an inopportune time. I actually don't have stamps. What do you need them for? Uh, UV scholarship stuff. This UV? Yeah. The university's a half mile away. You could just hand them in. Yeah, we could definitely just do that. Okay, so we'll see you folks later. I don't know where... Where are the main offices? Is there, like, admissions office or student life or, or, or what's that? All eyes revert to the brown ball on the table. It kind of looks like a, uh, what are they called? It's a type of nut. That? That's not, that's definitely not what that is. Okay, then, what is it? Like a, like a seed, I don't know. Isn't it just fun that they're both a third of the way right? That thing's big enough to kill you, and you're telling me it's, it's a seed? It's a sports thing? And hey, Tara's in an important meeting, so... Oh, shoot. Right. Sorry, Willow. I'm so sorry. Oh, it is just fine, friend. I'll walk you. I know where the offices are. Oh, duh. Hey, do you think your sculpty thingy is still there? I'm not checking. Why? Because... But why because? Ellie and Mikhail close the door behind them. Willow cranks back around to face Tara, eyes crackling with energy. So anyways, fruit espionage? Fruespionage? Fruit espionage? Okay. Yeah? I'm down for just talking to the guy. We don't engage, we don't press him or anything, just talk. And if we don't find out anything, we leave it be. Or if it's bad, we take it to the guardianship. Deal. Intermission. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, let's get back to it. Luciana has exited Vallis on yet another mission. She frequents this type of outing. She now power walks her way through central Silvis. Silvis is a highly wooded territory. There are cabins. Surprisingly nice. The rectangularly tall Chief's Hall that Luciana bursts into now is by far the nicest. I would love to weave you a more detailed word tapestry, but, well... The Lady Lieth! What a nice surprise! I actually just got off the phone with your partner! I don't think we're going to be here very long. Luciana pauses her stride, mouth frozen in her winning folks' back smile. You spoke with Logan! Yep. Great guy. 
I assume he brought you up to speed on the whole situation. Yeah, I don't understand the tizzy about it, but I'll make a statement this afternoon. It'll settle the dust. We're all good, Lucy. Still, I'd like to formally apologize for my partner's behavior. He's been grand. No need. It's just... What he said was inconsiderate. And I didn't consider it. What's our business is our business. Not everyone else's. He's a grand leader in that respect. The great they really knew what they were doing. Did they now? That's fantastic. So what's your plan of action? Oh, I'll just do a public statement. It'll be just dandy. Dandy. Care for a cup of coffee? No, thank you. I should get going. Oh, you only just got here. And you know going through circles back to back takes its toll on your sleep schedule. Oh, I am well aware. Back in Vallis, inside one of the light academia-esque building installations, Agnes waltzes joyfully into her class four minutes late. She always likes this little taste of power. Not in any malevolent sort of way, just the idea of sitting behind the desk sometimes is what gets her through the day. Hey class, it's just me today. Lucy's out doing Logan's job, again. So that means quiz day, woo! The students moan and groan a bit as Agnes unsheathes the stack of quizzes, three pages thick, and hands them to the end of each row. Then she sits at Luciana's desk. Agnes takes this opportunity to kick her feet up. Mmm. Nice, huh? Mmm. Yeah. Uh, Agnes? Yep. It says 500-word response, but there isn't a question. Really? Then don't do it. Okay, Brad. Oh, actually, I have one. You ready, everyone? If the great they is so brilliant at manifesting good leadership, why give it to a fucking dunce like Logan Lyoth? Do you, like, actually want us to write a... 500-word response? Yes. Here, I'll write it on the board for you. Agnes takes some chalk and writes... If the great they is so brilliant at manifesting... Oh, you spelled that wrong. Erase, rewrite. Manifesting good leadership... Why, how did I say it? I believe it was, why give it to a fucking dunce? A fucking dunce like Logan Lyoth. There's some hesitation in the pencils of the students. Then it is followed by a flurry of response scribblings. Luciana saunters onto campus, into the theology building, and barrels confidently into classroom 209P. Hello, all. Good afternoon, Agnes. How is the quiz going? Lucy, what are you doing back? Already? Completely smoothed over. Everything is absolutely fine. What's happening? They're almost done. If you wanted to take a sec to relax... Oh, I'm firmly relaxed. Luciana's eyes drift to the board. Huh. Agnes? A compelling question. Keep on, students. Luciana monitors it once more and hesitantly erases a certain swear word from the line. 
Agnes stands so Lucy can take her place behind the desk. She buries her forehead in one hand. The other fiddles with some papers, glazed eyes, pretending to read. Lucy, are you okay? He called ahead. He must have called right when I left. What did he say? I don't know, but everything's fine. Are you? That's not really what the issue is, is it? Is there anything I can do Nothing else, I think. Why don't you have a day off? See if Rourke is free or something? Okay. Thank you. Agnes goes, hesitantly. She walks home silent, posture perfect, but something deeply brewing between her brows. Perhaps it's indignance for Luciana. If Agnes were the conniving medieval melodramatic sort, she's sure she would one day muster up the courage to slip some arsenic in Logan's morning coffee. Agnes! Hey! From across the lawn, riddled with students throwing things at each other in a sports-like fashion, we spot Ellie and Mikhail. Ellie waves both arms excitedly. Mikhail takes one of his hands out of his pockets and waggles it at shoulder level. Agnes softens and waves back. Ellie and Mikhail are on campus, which means that likely the only member of Lyoth Hall who is home right now is... Eller. Better walk faster if you want to catch him before his internship. Or, you know, Rourke is home, I think, if you miss him. Right. Agnes picks up her speed. The hall attendance has died down significantly since our morning shenanigans. Agnes finds Eller in the same position Willow had found him an hour or two ago, sitting on a bench by the main doors. He watches his phone blankly. Agnes plops next to him. At first, Eller is annoyed by the invasion of personal space. Then, he is delighted when he finds that it is Agnes who did so. Agnes? What are you doing here? Luciana just came back from Silvis. Did you hear that they just- Yeah, they're live streaming their statement right now. I can't believe Dad pulled that move. I know. You wanna watch it? No. As long as it shuts everyone up before dinner, I don't care. <laughs> hey. I saw Mike and Ellie on campus. Okay. Is anyone else home? Soon and Dylan went on an errand. Uh, Dad's locked up in his office. He sees the change in her eyes. And won't be an issue. How much How much time do you have? Oh, I have the day off. And my internship isn't for another three hours. That's interesting. Very interesting. Eller looks left. Then he looks right. No one in the main hall. At least too close. He scoots past her personal bubble and presses his lips to her ear. Well, since you don't get to proctor that exam, you could proctor me. I don't think you know what that means. We could go upstairs and find out. <laughs> You're cute. And somehow, she likes you enough for this to work. Agnes slips her hand into Eller's. They make a break for the stairwell, and, you know, I think it's safe to assume that they want total privacy, so... Ah! Perfect timing. Tara and Willow have just reached their destination. We are back in the Market District. It's the same as before, except slightly cloudier, 
and a touch earlier in the day. Willow holds a pretzel while Tara holds some tension between her shoulder blades. Oh, that's him! Tara watches him a bit, walking casually cautious. He sure looks like a guy, doesn't he? Just a forgettable mixture of facial events, unsuspecting. Perfectly so. Hey, why don't you grab us some coffee? Oh, I don't need any. <laughs> Willow, you're a little conspicuous, friend. Nothing personal. Oh, oh yeah, got it, totally. Gonna get coffee, uh, cream, sugar? Yes, and as much as they'll give me, yes. They cross the street to the cafe, leaving Tara to casually approach the organic stalls. His isn't the largest or most ornate in product nor setup, but it looks well-groomed. A small bundle of crates sits behind the vendor himself, veiled with a thick green tarp. When his gaze hits Tara's hair, he clears his throat and tries out a couple of different casual standing positions before finding some proper words. <coughs> oh, you're, you're the wise woman. Tara, prophetess. And you're the farmer. Clarence. Tara will not remember that. Good to meet you. So, what have we got today? Well, it's mostly locally sourced from the family farmland. Some of these berries over here are circled from farms and agri, and thus a humble reminder that these are flash frozen. If you let it thaw on the way home, you gotta eat that thing today. How does that circle thing work exactly? Well, I guess time just affects everything a little differently. She waits for the vendor to tell her more. He stops there. She sways. He glances up and down and up. We have a lot of these where I'm from. Fields of them. Hmm. Really? Where is that? Mare Opame. Oh, a sea territory. The wild berries are from there. That's amazing. Yeah, we grow a lot of stuff down there. Berries coconuts. Oh, it's been a while since I've seen one of those. Yeah, I've just been craving them lately. Mare Verity really had the best of them, though. I'd do anything for one. Oh, you're unlucky here, prophetess. Mare Verity's not even in our trade circle system. I never understood the whole shipping thing. Why do you have to circle most things? What keeps them from growing here? Oh, we're surrounded by salt and mountains. Our soil's too spicy to grow all that much. We're in a drought for half the year and rely on flood warnings for the other half. Only the resilient and sometimes bland types grow here. Wow. That's some pretty bad luck. Oh, no, no. You see, I think it's all for a reason. What's the reason? Well, punishment. For some rotten leadership. A rotten chieftain. A rotten church. Phallus <laughs> is a tree with a plain old rotten core. Ah. Tara sets down the berries from her home territory. Rotten how? You live with half the problem. You tell me. You're the steward of the all-seeing eye. Well, you two have seen some things and haven't done a lick about them. Have you even met with the priestess? Not yet. I haven't had the time. Oh, <laughs> how long have you been here, huh? Not nearly long enough for you to expect me to know everything you're hinting at. <sighs> There must be some way we can work around this interpretation. And how will you have us do that, prophetess? Tara casually lifts the tarp with her staff. Coconuts. I think you should tell me. Sweaty yet stoic, 
The vendor turns his nose a bit higher and yanks the tarp back down. How did you know? It's a profit thing. Great Thay's judging me, huh? Tell them they're missing a few folks in line. That's not what I'm here to do. Then what do you want? I, I think you found something important. And good? Yes. And that means Great Thay thinks I'm being good too, right? Yes. Could I take some of these back to the hall? Oh, so you? the lions get more cush while the folks out on the causeway starve of bland food? These aren't for upper-class sale. The causeway? Of course. You don't know about them. You've been preoccupied with those with access to the internet and appointments and... Moving territories? Yeah. At the worst possible time, Willow approaches with two steaming cups of coffee. They offer one to Tara and take a long drawl of the second... Hiya! What's the hip-haps? They make eye contact with the coconuts. Ew. I mean, what are those? Sports balls at a fruit market? Huh. Tara's lips press together with the same amount of force she uses to grip her staff. Hey, friend, why don't you- You look familiar. I don't. I have no idea why I'm- Oh, the border officer. Officer? Well- I am flattered, but no guards near giving me that much responsibility. You're working with the guardianship. No. So, no, no talking to the great they, just some cheap intel. Pathetic. And entirely proves my point. You're just a sick part of the twisted system, wise woman. Hey, she's a prophetess. I'm just here to talk. The vendor, swiftly, clumsily, thwacks the drinks from Willow's hands. Hey! Tara instinctively dodges, but is still gifted a soft splash of hot coffee on her newish shirt. Hey! They both bend down to pick up the mess. Tara resurfaces to check in on the vendor. I really think you have it all wrong. Oh, beans! We got a runner! He's gone. Tara stands, not shocked, but quite perplexed, watching him clumsily run and dodge shoppers. Willow pops up a second after and has... More dynamic reaction. Can you call somebody? Oh, I'm a border guard. You think they give me a calm? Willow revs up to dash after the shrinking form of their farmer. Tara nabs the back of their vest. Wait, Willow. Let him go. Are you... Why? This is just one crate. You said he had a truck full. Oh. Oh. So where's the rest, do you think? The causeway. What is that? It's a small mining town at the peninsula on the salt flats. It's where we get most of our salt that's hauled back to the distribution center. Why? He mentioned giving the coconuts to them. Huh. That's not very cost or time effective. And it's not possible that they're there now. Why? It's about an hour and a half one way. Three hours round trip. How does the distribution plant cart all that salt back and forth? The train. There's a train? Yeah, it cuts travel time in half. So... We should take this to the guardianship now, huh? Oh, Willow, you almost hit a rather dazzling thought just then. No. You're lucky that Tara does this for a living. Where's the distribution plant? Willow points that way. Mikhail and Ellie exit the admissions office. They quite liked her. They were impressed by her thoroughness with the applications. They remembered Mikhail as a student fondly. It was a positive experience. I clarify this because if you watched their faces or studied their gait as they walked back through the clean-cut grass, 
You'd have no way of knowing that. <sighs> you doing okay? What? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Are you excited? I already said yes. Across the lawn, there is a more oblong building than the rest, cut in odd angles and shapes. Above it reads, Interterritorial Gallery of the Arts. Gallery! Nike! No. Feeling impulsive and riddled with some complex distress, Ellie runs across the lawn to the art gallery's doors. It's open and I'm going inside! Elle, I don't want to. The inside of the gallery is low lit, save for the track lights that illuminate different artistic centerpieces of varying professionalism. There are some paintings, some ceramic mugs, and some sculptures. There's one in the center of the room that draws the siblings' attention. A magnificently rendered full-body folks portrait. Ah, so it is still here after all. Mikey, I forgot how good you were. He hadn't. He remembers every fold his fingers did in the clay. Every blister he got from bronze plating. He could walk us through every pointed step in the process of this figure. The curl of their hair and the curve of their lip. The interesting color choices and all of the complexities and complications around the pose. He could tell us the name of the model and what they like to do outside of work and what their favorite kind of breakfast was. Do y'all still talk? Uh, uh, can we... I'm not, I'm not doing this. Okay, but have you made anything else? Nothing like this. Nope. Why not? You're so good. What would be the point? To have it just sit here? That's better than you just sitting here. Yeah? Uh, n no, I, I didn't Why do you want to go here? Because it's a good program, and it's it offers so many scholarships, and I think Valis has a lot of interesting politics already at play. Yeah, you have an excellent example of what not to do right at home. That is not why. It's not not, is it? That's a bit confusing terminology. But as we catch up with that double negative, something dangerous cools in Ellie's belly. You said you were excited for me I am, to I am. I just, I, I'm worried that you're doing this because of dad and dad not because of what you want to do. Dad never talked to me about it. I want to do this because I want to do this. But do you want to do, do it this. because you want to do it? Or is it because Lyoth Hall needs somebody after dad's gone? Well, I mean, you guys aren't exactly stepping up, are you? They watch the sculpture now, so they don't have to watch each other. We're all open to the idea of one day inheriting- Oh, please, you majored in art. I Mikey. doubled in social justice, trust me. I know that someone has to- But you didn't exactly get commissioned abroad by Eric Herba to do social work, did you? Yeah, okay, so? Why did you come back? I had to. You really didn't. I really did. Why? It's not relevant to the conversation. No, stop. Why? You had a life and a them, and you got to leave it and chug off all your air presumptive duties and then just come back like nothing happened and you drink all the time. I'm not, I'm not an alcoholic, I didn't Elle. say that. I'm just worried that you I'm want I'm doing this. fine right now, Elle. I like, like my job. Do you want to be chief? I or did you come back because of me? No, it's not your... I mean, great thing. Is this the worst thing that could happen to you? To end up like me? Yeah! Mikhail wraps his arms around his little sister. Please don't leave. 
No. I, I didn't mean that. I know. I just don't. I know. I think we do too, right? On the other hand, across town, oh, is Eller's car ride nice. He's coming off that post-coital high. Let's not be coy. He has Agnes's music mix still in the radio. He sings along to the songs he's heard a million times. the heart's there. This personally dedicated ray of sunshine retracts the moment he walks into the distribution plant, right past the crate ball and the industrial train, and sees Rourke. The man waves happily to Eller. Rourke is a man. He is tall and toothy and built in that manual labor sort of way. He looks normal. A kind sort of normal, to his credit. That sort of normal where you're not sure what the two of you would ever talk about in a fascinating sort of way, unless it's at the line at the grocery store during rush hour, but... Boy, would he help you move if you were desperate enough to ask him? Good day, fella. Ugh. Hey, Rourke. What's Aggie up to today? Aggie is vibing. She's fine. Has she said anything? Is she excited? About what? Moving in with me. Is she really? Oh, Eller. She said, when, she said, when did she say that? Oh, Eller. I've told the chieftain about it. We just bought some furniture yesterday. Finally got a sensible duvet cover. <laughs> Eller would find a fast rebuttal to that sentence if this news weren't rather desolating. Rourke hoists a stack of wooden crates from a large pile by the wall and heads towards the train. When is she? Next month. Next month? What day? No, don't ask that. That's great. So... So great. Hey, um, what are you doing with those? Oh, I'm loading the salt train up before it ships this evening. Oh, I got it. It's quite all right. I'd love to help out. Nope, nah, uh, me, it's my job. Your internship. Paid internship. Just wanted to lighten some of the load from your hands. Oh, you are doing that just fine. Thanks. Eller yanks the crates from Rourke's grip and goes to do some, uh, some train stuff. He checks some knobs and some handles, then transporting wooden crates, soon to be filled with salt, to the storage cabin. Definitely not replaying every conversation he's had with Agnes this week. Uh, he'd like to say he's not surprised, but... Great. He just is. He commits to his train tasks a little harder, attempting to block out Rourke's voice, but... When he needs it the least, it pierces through the air. <gasps> the sacred woman. I am honored. I'm Rourke, a humble salt miner. Hey, Rourke. I'm Tara, prophetess. Willow, welcome kiosk, best friend. Prophetess, best friend, good to become acquainted. And also with you We're looking as for well. someone. We think they may be here. I'm sorely sorry. Whomst are you looking for? Actually, it is who in that context. Eller exits the train car, instinctively protecting his face as his prophetess barrels towards him. Tara? Eller? What are you 
I have a paid internship through the UV engineering program. This is completely normal and in context for me to be here. What are you doing? There's a farmland vendor who works at the market. We followed him here. It's kind of important. I don't really know who it could be. A lot of the guys here also work at the market part-time. Farmland vendor. I know a few. Lots of them work overtime shifts here, too. What do you need him for? Uh, well, oh, Tara! He... Tara follows Willow's waggling finger. We see the disappearing form of a linen jacket. Embroidered tomato clad. What's that room? Changing room? Thanks. Okay, bye, guys. Tara and Willow take off towards the changing rooms. Goodbye, sacred woman. She seems wonderful. You are welcome to her. Too bad. I'm happily hitched. Yeah, too bad. Too fucking bad. Yeah. Leaving bad angst to simmer, we follow Tara and Willow. I'd like to paint this as an exciting chase, but it's really not. They trail him from the workroom to the train cars, and because Tara's gray hair is well known among the community by now, the other factory workers just watch by in awkward silence. Our vendor disappears into the final car. Tara lurches in and guards the entrance. This was a new shirt. Well, newish. Ah, so you follow me to work. You mentioned getting food to the causeway. I connected the dots. Where you do you work here too? Yep. That's that's three jobs, friend. And on top of that, you're still wanting to get food to other folks? You must be exhausted. The vendor hangs his head. Tara is tempted to be irritated that Willow is padding their runtime, but she sees the vendor's shoulders slowly float down from his ears. Willow stands on the other side of a large wooden crake, about half a willow tall and one willow wide. Is this it? Yep. How long have you been doing this? Mm, two weeks. Not very long. Every weekday. What do you do once they get here? I have a friend who sells them discounted down at the causeway. It's anonymous work, and folks down there have been enjoying them. It's a nice change, huh? Yeah. Uh, look, I know I'm not doing a bad thing. Which is why I didn't call the guardianship. I called Tara. Yeah? Uh, and what are you going to do? Tara has an idea. It's a very good idea. And very much may have worked well for everyone. But... What a useless charade to walk you through, because in this moment of conception, Rourke pokes his head into the train car, immediately making eye contact with the coconuts. Oh, 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 no. Halt protection! Oh, that's really not necessary. No! Oh, sorry, prophetess. I thought I sensed some smugglery. Some what? Dinner at the Lyoths that night is... Awkward. To an abnormal level. Eller is side-eyeing Agnes, who is confused as to why he's suddenly standoffish. Well, she supposes if he talked to Rourke today, she really shouldn't be surprised. Not really, but neither should he. Luciana and Logan are expressing wildly with the squint of their eyes. Mikhail and Ellie avoid eye contact at all costs. Their conflict mitigated for the most part, but the sting of unfiltered words still buzzing. Dune and Dylan are straight up just vibing. Or were. Tara's seat remains empty. No one has asked where she is. Dylan and I were watching that Silver Skies press release and oh, you, you said the funniest thing. What was it? Oh, it wasn't that funny. Come on, it was so funny. It, 
What's my business is my business. A wooka wooka. Yeah. But really, sir, whatever you said worked. <clears throat> That's what happens when you stick to facts. How was your visit at Silvis, Lucy? Oh, it was nice. Didn't have much to talk about. Isn't that just how it goes? Mike, can you pass the wine? Yep. You know, I'm not really a wine guy, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Me neither. Did you work today, Mikhail? Nope. It's a block schedule, and it's Thursday, so... Did you ever find stamps, Ellie? Oh, we just dropped it off on campus. Oh, college girl. Getting some really fine air nominations, aren't we? Potatoes, please. How was work today, Eller? Fine. Do you, like, have a problem with me? What? No. I don't want to go to a university that's not, like, weird. It's not weird, but... But what? You know, actually, something weird happened at the plant that you should probably we know about. We just want um, you to feel successful. I mean, I'm doing stuff, just not, like, schooly stuff. Yeah? And what kind of stuff is that? Wine, Dylan? Didn't you already have some? I've got my rethread gig, Dad. I think it'll work great. What does that mean? It's like embroidery. Yeah, and it's cool and hard work. We didn't say you don't work hard, hun. But some standards for heirdom is, and we don't pride ourselves on this rule. But it requires a four-year degree There's at just least. a little bit left. We just opened that today. Oh, no. Looks like I can't be chief. All of us had some. Wine bottles are small. Not that small. That's a pretty dated rule overall, though, don't you think? I don't think it's too much to ask. And I obviously fucking do? I'm not gonna take to you talking to me that way. Hey, Agnes, are you excited about moving in with Rourke soon? Uh, oh, wait, you're moving out? Yes. We have spoken about it. Already worked everything out. Oh, I am so glad you told the folks it affected directly first. It shouldn't be a surprise. Rourke and I... Oh, Rourke. 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 Yeah, he's he's great. Yeah, uh, ratted out a guy earlier today. What does that even Well, there was this whole thing with Tony and some fruit. Oh, right. She was at the distribution plant. Who was? The wise ass with the stick... Huh? Tara, what were you doing there? Is she not here? They looked to her empty seat. Nope. Oh, we should save some leftovers for her. She was with that folk with blue hair who's all, ah! Willow, OMGTI I love them. Why was she... Well, isn't that impeccable? Tara and Willow stand in the doorway of the dining room. Tara holds a large crate with what some of the family assumes to be bowling balls. She marches to the head of the table, to her empty seat. Willow shyly loops around to the other side of it, throwing a limp wave to Dylan and Dune. Hey, guys. <laughs> what? Tara turns over the crate and coconuts bounce across the dining room table. One rolls into Logan's lap. One rolls onto Agnes's plate. One knocks over the empty wine bottle. The fuck is this? Coconuts. Tara takes one and jabs into it with a knife. 
With a carnal sort of grace, she saws it in half, more or less maintaining the contents in one half. She hands that side to Ellie, who holds it the way someone who doesn't particularly enjoy children holds a baby. Tara slices the dry half into little chunks, fills the bowl, and hands that side to Dune. What did she say it was? Coconut. They grow in ocean territories, right? Yep. Oh, fun. I love chocolate. It's not that. Oh, I hate it. Why is it all hard? <coughs> what? Nothing. I mean. He means nothing. Dylan and Dune share a sip. Luciana mulls over whether she's a fan of the texture or not. Agnes and Eller pass a half to each other, and their hands touch in a non-belligerent way. Something expels from the space. Something simple shifts. Logan is smiling. Where did you get this? A vendor found a way to get it through the circles. They've been selling them to low-income families and using the salt trains to ship them to the causeway. We've been trying to figure out a system for years. I'd love to meet him. Really? You should call the priestess. Well, all right. Why didn't you just come to me in the first place? Well, I don't think anybody would have thought to do that. Hello, unfired clay jars. I am Hope Bellinger, director and producer of Average Folks. Thank you for listening to this episode. Introducing Thomas McCauley as Clarence, the coconut vendor, and Jonathan Billington as Rourke. Sound design and mixing by Luke DeLorenzo. Original music composed by Liam Greenlee. We're going to list some VIFs, very important folks, that have made this adventure possible. Cameron Kisling, Day Thomas, Kayla Nickerson, Corey Patton, Sarah Fulton, Ali Schluchter, David Shelby, Lizard Sherbert, Dave and Ray, Austin R. Norton, Madeline McGowan, Kristen Simi. A big thank you to Rogue Media Network for all of their support. For updates and overall great vibes, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Average Folks Official. For further exploration, artwork, and merch, check out our website, average-folks.com. To contact us, email us at averagefolksofficial at gmail.com. Catch you next week, folks. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.